seventies. Um, okay, wait. It says everybody born between 1985 and 1995 <laughs> saw the Super Bowl halftime show lineup and was like, sweet. Instead of doing a show for old people like the Rolling Stones or Paul McCartney or the Who, they did one for us young people. And then 10 seconds later, it hit us. <laughs> totally. We're the old people. Look, do you see how old Snoop Dogg is? He's 56. <laughs> to a super episode of the Friday Night Movie Podcast. This is an annual tradition. We have him back himself. Mark Aronson, a.k.a. Bobby Buttons, is back from his perch in the advertising world. He's come down to mix with the mortals. And we're going to talk Super Bowl. Bobby, welcome back. Great to be here. This is exciting. This is, we love this episode. When this is fresh off of the Super Bowl. Lily and Becky, how are you doing? Great. I'm excited. This is my, I think, one of my favorites every year my of our annual specials because I love me some advertising. So, okay, so before we get into excited. advertising, though, let's just I'm talk. good, too. Hi. You didn't answer. <laughs> you didn't answer. I was letting Lily complete her sentence instead of cutting her off, <laughs> as we like to well, do in this family. That's fair. Excuse me for following Lily social norms. Rolling, the way Lily has been rolling lately, you've got to move fast. Coming in hot. <laughs> Coming in hot. I, I have to May. say, I don't know that it's the Super Like, I didn't know it was the Super Bowl. I knew You just that thought it was a football was, game? <laughs> no. Oh, no, I didn't even know there was football. No, it's the opposite. I didn't know there was a football game, but I knew that there were very important commercials that were happening on Sunday that needed to be paid attention <laughs> to. That is fair at this well, point. I'll say, I'll say I... The question I answered most from Becky, her husband, her children, my wife, my children, at least five per person was who is in this game? Who's playing this game? So, which Wait, I think is refreshing. Don't you? That's It is not refreshing because no. it's not a Patriot. It's, it's not always Tom the Patriots Brady, so or Tom Brady. But, but don't you think it should always, like for ratings, it should always be the LA Rams because the amount of celebrities that were there last night. But. It but, just uh, look, seems I, like I, it was a bit higher. Here's the thing. The Rams started in L.A. for most of our life being aware we're in St. Louis. So they're a legit L.A. team. So I'm happy for the Rams. But and I'll get to this in a moment uh, when we talk about the halftime show. Let's talk about the halftime show. What I thought was really interesting about the halftime show is you had Dr. Dre, who is part of N.W.A., who were famous for wearing the Raiders gear in the nineties, the Los Angeles Raiders gear in the nineties. And I really was expecting at least him to come out wearing the Raiders gear. Maybe he wanted to, but they did not let him. He's there in Las Vegas now, so it couldn't work. There's something I missed a a little bit of a tribute there. Now, that being said, I thought this halftime show was excellent. It was cohesive. It had a great theme. I thought that it's really hard to, make hip hop work in a stadium because it's so verbal uh and they did a great job with the pre-production uh they did a great job with the pre-production well, i thought the sets were amazing yeah and the set was really cool i thought it was really thoughtful the way that the going in and out of the houses and the sort of sense of the neighborhood 
I thought that was really, really cool. The musicianship was fantastic. And, and I thought the flow was really cool. Great choice of artists. Mary J. Blige, fantastic. So on that note, I read a very funny tweet or meme or something. It said, oh, this must- is awesome. Instead of picking like, bands for old people like I just, Rolling I just Stones read that and Paul McCartney. I just read they, pick, it. they pick like cool artists for like the younger people and then pause and you're like oh wait a minute yeah that's I mean like for us like we're we're the old people now shy yeah we that are. was that was like if fantastic. it was cool young it would be I feel like it would have been uh I don't know who cool young artists are, but I mean, I think all these people are very cool. To to me, that's a great But those people, like, like younger, yeah, but those, like, you know, 15-year-olds aren't necessarily watching the Super Bowl and then buying the stuff. I think it's a great choice of artists. I'm very happy with it, but I understand. But now we're the old people. That's why the who used to to play the Super Bowl. They're catering to us. Like, why, why was it so amazing to have Mary J. Blige play the super bowl it's because they're catering and we that is amazing to us we're very excited about that we are the generation of people buying stuff now and And i also thought was really interesting from a music standpoint they the celebration of dr dre specifically that was woven into that i would say and i you know people might dispute this but to me it was like quincy jones in the 80s they were giving they're giving quincy jones level respect to Dr. Dre in that yeah, that's started great, with him, yeah. closed on him. His job during a lot of the program was just mixing. Was <laughs> he he was like doing the soundboard a lot of the time? I thought that was very cool to me. He was it, I, I thought it I thought he was very cute the way he was like singing Snoop Dogg song with him. I well, just he, I thought it was just very sweet. He helped and, bring him to, he produced yeah. all these guys. I mean, there's no Eminem without Dr. Dre, right? That he of was course. There. Uh, so I thought that was a really, really excellent, like, I just but, like the way, to, and there then, were no randos shoved in. I like, there's right. nothing I hated more when you're watching the fillers, it, Bruno the, Mars, and then you have to watch the Red Hot Chili Peppers in the middle of like that. Slash, and then they just throw Slash on stage. Yeah, exactly. That like, was, was hilarious. That was so There's no dumb. Slash so coming out of the floor. They just did right. one great through and through performance. Every part of it was well thought out. I thought that, and and also I, Snoop Dogg is a really big football fan. And so his connection and commitment to football is really valuable. And he hosts the Puppy Bowl, which is a really (laughs) big deal for my kids. Huge deal in your house. Huge deal. But also, if you remember, like I just want to say, I'm not going to get into details, but your children behave during the Puppy Bowl as our father behaves during football, where there could be no distractions or no conversations that were not directly related to said bowl to the point that there may have even been a confrontation between your children and my children because my children were distracting from the puppy bowlness. That's amazing. That is amazing. Well, now we'll... I mean, I I respect it, but you know, my kids are four, (laughs) two and four. So So it was, it was, it was excellent. All right. So let's turn to our conversation about the commercials with advertising guru, Mark Aaron. I was going to say Titan. 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 Yeah, he's a Titan. Titan of advertising. I'm going to change my LinkedIn. Titan. <laughs> so, Mark, set the table for us. You know, every year there are certain trends. There are things coming into the Super Bowl that brands are trying to do. 
what was the what were some of the things that you saw coming into this this year? Sure. Um, uh, well, the first is that, you know this just happens every year. Every year we're like, can you believe what it costs for thirty seconds? So the same thing this year. They raised the price again, right? Six seven. and a half million, seven million. The rumors out seconds. there, it's six point five to seven million for thirty right. seconds. Exactly. And so you know the other thing, just as we talk about and think about some of these spots, um, is there's that. Right, the cost for the airtime, but then, right, if you look at celebrity talent, music production, right, in in a lot of cases, you have a similar sort of cost for for those spots. Most of the time, the rule is you spend in production ten percent what you're spending in media, but in the, you know in this case, obviously, you, you really had, you know, when you're dealing with Arnold Schwarzenegger, or, you know. So can can you ballpark what one of like the more expensive ads would have been? Oh, sure. Well, you know, Colin Joe, Scarlett Johansson for Amazon, like that pair, like either one of them, and especially Scarlett, Johan- Scarlett Johansson would have been, right? So you're talking, you know, in the high, you know, maybe close to 10 million, like in terms of, you know, their, you know for their time and talent and that kind of stuff. You, you know, nobody does it lightly. Um, and, and especially the duo and whatever, you, you, you got to imagine that that really would have been kind of over, over the top. So plus um, the airtime. So that's just, that's I, mean, just I can't imagine how much it's like a $30,000, $30 million like, commercial. She's one of the most highest paid. She isn't she the most highest paid or one of the most highest paid actresses. Well, put it this Hollywood? way when she didn't get paid enough by Disney, she sued them and basically, no, won. don't start. She is. She is it's because they didn't release. No, no, I'm saying she. Movie. I'm not saying she, she didn't should. deserve it. I'm just saying that Scarlett Johansson is a baller. She knows a what she knows her worth. She yeah, knows she, her worth. There's okay, no so way we're you're saying her in that commercial. That two minute commercial was minimum, like close to forty million. Maybe did it? Was it two minutes? Amazon. I think yeah. I think it was two minutes. Well, they have like wow. lots of little commercials. But the whole oh, that's a good point. I don't know was it shown like the it's whole like way one through? Big story. So there's like the full story of the uh, of Alexa reading their mind and then saying out loud what they're thinking. And there's a whole story arc there. And then each one of those scenes can actually be broken down as its own little commercial in and of itself. So it's very well. Right, but they still did. But it's yeah, but they still paid for the time. So yeah. that's, so, so what yeah. are some of the other trends you were seeing? So, right. So you have the you have celebrity, um, which which actually is you know there's always celebrities in Super Bowl as this year was especially kind of um, especially um, uh, celebrity filled. Um, and then I think you know it's it's sort of interesting. Like last year we were mid COVID, right? We talked about some altruism. We're not doing a Super Bowl ad, and we're giving all the money to whatever. Right? And, and you didn't you you sort of. Um, a lot of the kind of quote unquote brand purpose kind of stuff was really absent here in terms of brands taking a stand or brands, you know, showing completely right. And, and, and back to, you know, product led spectacle and, and that kind of stuff. So it's, it's really interesting how the pendulum has kind of swung, you know, back that way. There was only right. The Budweiser, that lame Clydesdale ad, Right. I actually skipped watching that one. I was like, oh, another Clydesdale? Okay, we I get it. So, the thing. Clydesdales weren't even there last year. It's I was so thing. happy to see, but it was late in the show. Do you want to know, fun fact, anytime we've gone horseback riding, this is one of the reasons Vlad refuses to go with me ever again. He always gets assigned a Clydesdale because he's so tall and he's so sick of it. 
So it's and, so embarrassing to be put on one of those giant animals. That's amazing. And what about the Everybody big Everybody else is on Last, normal, normal sized horses and he's on a Clyde stand. And, Lots of funny family pictures. And what about the big products? Last year it was seltzer. This Hard year, seltzer. crypto was supposed to make a big impact. There was a lot of crypto. Ugh. The only crypto. I didn't see any crypto. Well, well, so and that's telling, Lily, because there was four. <laughs> right, uh, uh, right. So, so that's something that we should unpack. Um, crypto, and it was very interesting. Right, there was only one ad for it for a for an internal combustion engine car. Right, but many ads for EVs and that oh, yeah. kind of stuff. So, yeah, that was, those yeah. are those made an impact. Couple, of, there's a yeah. Right? Like, I, I mean, like, I I think we can just say the Doctor Evil one was the best one. No. I've I've very strong Which opinions the, on the soprano, actually like the Sopranos. It's Doctor Ev Ill, right? Yeah. How good is that? I, that, I thought that was pretty great. No, didn't get very it. good. Can I can I actually vector in here as we start to break down the commercials and talk about not the celebrity piece, but there was the nostalgia pop culture theme that was deeply deeply ingrained in this, and it even though a lot of this stuff was marketed to our age right on, which I usually love the cable guy. We're still doing Austin powers. I, I love Austin powers, but Parsha players at camp isn't using Austin powers anymore. <laughs> it, it did not. Or make, are they? I, we don't know. I, I think, I think <laughs> that not. I, the cable, I think you are onto something. And I do think that if you're going to get the Jim Carrey, to be in a Super Bowl commercial, Wait, it, to me, it's Jim a waste. Carrey being the cable guy. Yeah, it's a waste to me. It's a waste. Like, why would you have do Ace Ventura or the mask? Have him do Ace Ventura, the mask. Don't put him in the worst role he's ever played just because it has a telephone in, in the <laughs> title, like actual cable. But to me, you are the genius that made and created Dr. Evil. You can do him till the end of time. And I will be happy to watch him. Doctor Evil makeup than he did in the Wayne Uber Eats makeup. Exactly. Um, Wait. Oh, he was in two commercials last year. No, last year. Last year was was Wayne Uber Eats. But to me, those those nostalgia ones, even and I did think the Chevy Silverado with the Jamie Lynn Sigler and the kid who played AJ on The Sopranos driving out to The Sopranos music was kind of cool. Well, that was actually a shot for shot remake. Of the surprise. Okay. Okay. So, so what I want to say, the reason why the reaction to that I think was, whoa, this commercial is so good. It's because you're watching the intro, the intro to the Sopranos, which is but, so good. But, but is my the commercial point while good? I was watching no, the Sopranos was, is good. My my point while I was watching is is that a somebody thought that that Many Saints of Newark movie was going to be way bigger than it actually was. <laughs> oh, the show isn't it a show? No, it's a movie. It was a, it was a movie. And um, B exactly, Lily. Exactly. Yeah. Jamie Lynn Sigler is super talented, but I, I couldn't tell who. Like, I had to know because I was like Becky said, pretty that that was her. Like Becky said, is that actually a good commercial? Like, when does the nostalgia jump the shark? No, and it's I, not even. No, a good what I'm commercial. saying is that it's a great commercial, but it's not that you're watching a great commercial. You're watching a great intro to uh, an iconic television show that you love. I don't think it has anything to do with whether or not it's a good commercial because it's just a good intro. So you could take anything that's great, slap a car at the end and be like, see, look, it's good. Well, I, and, and I think, you know, that it, it, that's, it's kind of an important theme when you're talking about ads or commercials or whatever. Like, you know, the term 
that, that they talk about a lot in marketing, borrowed interest, where you have, you have stuff, you, ideally a good ad has, has the product as some type of, or the brand is some type of catalyst or some type of reason for the storyline or reason, right, that, you know, that for interest in, in, the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the ad or in the story. Um, and a, a lot of times here, we're just seeing like borrowed interest, which is like, ah, like what is that telling us about Silverado? Like if not for, right, or, or I, think, I think he had a lot of sort of laziness with the, with, with the celebrity right. interest. Um, there. Whereas the Alexa one is inherently tied into the funniness of the commercial is the purpose of the product. Right. Right. Uh, and so, you know, it's, it's funny not to get, not to get too like inside baseball or, get, or whatever. Get inside, but, get get inside the baseball. But, but did, get, it, get but, inside the Canadian rules football. Yeah. Get inside. Yeah. But we're going to kick this one for a rouge, <laughs> you know, rouge. It's when you kick up, when you punt it through the end zone, you get a point. CFL thing. Nobody knows. Um, nobody, Rock nobody, might know. Nobody, nobody <laughs> that was a good tweet. Um, so, yeah, um, how, how do you put this? Ad agencies have had really a terrible couple of years, right? Like first, COVID happened. All the clients shut their spending off. And then agencies are, are like, you know, at a loss for revenue, money, like as an absolute shock. And, and you know, try, trying to stay afloat like all kind of businesses. So there's reductions in staffing and all that kind of stuff. And then it turns out um, the, the pandemic is actually good for a lot of brands and marketers and products and whatever. Um, and, and it bounces back quickly, but these layoffs have happened. You have the great resignation happening and there's just a, a, a total uh, drain on talent. Um, in, in agencies, and they're trying to find people, and they're trying to hire, and they're trying, and it's just been brutal, right? Not to mention, everybody's been working remotely, which, which let, let's be honest, is totally fine. Everybody's privileged. Everybody has internet access. Everybody has, this is not, we're not talking about, you know, essential workers and hardship, but there is something that happens in person, in ad agencies, when you're crafting. Right. Well, the creative... You know, exactly artistry right. that goes into it right when, when you can actually look at something together with somebody and you're sitting you're looking at you have things up on the wall and you're, and you're looking at things or, or you can kind of collaborate that way that that's missing frankly and and i think you know just watching these ads you're kind of uh i don't i kind of went into the game feeling like come on guys like we can you know we Win got it this. for ads <laughs> you know Take some big swings and, and i just sat there being like oh everybody's just struggling. You can tell because there's so many ads that, that were just like missing the craft or missing the, the you know, it could have just. Um, right, so wait, so, I love talking about the negative first before we get into MVPs. I want to give you all my worst dad, but then I'd love to hear. I, I want to hear Bronze's and Bronze break them down why they're bad. And then he can tell us his worst. Okay. So to me, the single most offensive and upsetting one was Dolly Parton implying that she was going to get like her mammogram it seemed like or like that it was we were leaning towards it had the pink she was talking about getting a test she reaches for her breast and then she pulls out her cell phone and it's a t-mobile fan and i t-mobile phone and i'm a big t-mobile fan i'm a loyal customer but to me that was like a violation of a dolly parton who's this you know untouchable brand right now untouchable character and right and did some amazing wonderful things in the last few years Right, exactly. You're using her where you could be using her to give a serious message, one of those altruistic messages. 
And instead, she's just hawking cell phones and making a play on something else that's more serious. So for me, that was one of the biggest fails of the entire. And Miley Cyrus so is in that too. I I also feel like Team Mobile generally. It's it's funny. I watched. I, you know, as I was watching, um, there's a hashtag that I was following. <laughs> you know, to not to be nerdy, there's a hashtag that I was following, right? Which is advertising strategists. You know, tweeting about these ads, and somebody was like. After that third, after the Zach Braff, somebody's like, I think I hate T-Mobile. Um, <laughs> and, and, and it just, you know, there was, there was that. And then, and then frankly, that kind of, we are the world, you know, um, T-Mobile ad about, you know, doing it for the phones. Right. It was also just like. Brutal. Ham-fisted, brutal. Like, so, uh, you know, not a good showing. Not right. a good feeling. Okay, so Bronze agrees. T-Mobile. And do you think when it's a bad ad, does it hurt the brand? Does it actually hurt the brand or all press is good press? Because they spent if collectively on those ads, 100 million more. That's a lot of money to make back. I think I think you really have to, you really have to do something um, brutal to, to hurt the brand, to be honest. I think a lot of people just, just, um, having it top of mind or or keeping in people's thoughts is is generally good, right? Um, but but I think you really have to do something bad. <laughs> there, there was a I, I don't know if you remember this, but um, it must have been 2011. Uh, Groupon, which was really hot at the time, did these ads, and it was meant to be tongue in cheek, um, but where um, where they were sort of trading on you know things that were happening in Tibet. Or that, that kind of thing. And it was so offensive. Ooh. It was so offensive. The backlash was so crazy that literally, I mean, you know, that's part of the reason Groupon like doesn't really exist anymore. Uh, oh, wow. you know, but but a lot of the time bad or good is okay. So bad or good isn't the issue. It's more of like incredibly offensive will get you in trouble. You know, it, it is sort of it's sort of an interesting thing, right? Because generally, right, there's two, there's two kinds of things you could do with ads. There is the quote unquote brand building, big equity, you know, help people understand the story of the brand. This is kind of a long-term fame building, uh, perception building, you know, kind of thing that traditionally everyone has felt like, you know, Super Bowl ads are great for that because it's a big stage and you can tell a big story and that kind of thing. And then there's the smaller things, which are kind of short-term, you know, promotions, call to actions, that kind of stuff. Um, and, and so it was interesting, um, you know, most of the ads, um, in the Super Bowl uh, this year, you know, stayed in that brand building territory. But you had a few kind of very interesting one, uh, very interesting one, Coinbase, which we should talk about. Oh yeah, we gotta um, break that down. Um, uh, went went totally the opposite way. So uh, sorry, Shai. I'll, I'll let you. Well, I, I just want to hear from Billy and Becky. What was your what was, Becky? What was your worst ad? Um, it was absolutely the the Dolly Parton one, actually. I completely okay. agree with that. I had like an adverse reaction when I saw it. Yeah, it was yeah. very bad. Mm-hmm. Lily, what so about you? I haven't seen, I didn't see that one. So I'm sure I would agree with you. But in the meantime, I would say the Jim Carrey cable guy was pretty horrible. And um, the one- It's also a brand that I hate. I hate Verizon as a company. Okay, well, mixed with like one of the worst, the, the worst Jim Carrey movie. So I don't know why they thought <laughs> that they that play, was a good. They play sort of a play on it. So the thing they're watching like is no some one... joust in the background. So you have to know they went to medieval times in the movie. 
to get nobody what they're watching no, on TV. Nobody's giving a sh- like that was so bad. And then I don't know if you guys saw this one, the one with the Mannings and Bradshaw and all the chips and all the drinks. And that commercial must have cost like a gajillion dollars. And I know they have so many brands. Mountain Dew is doing fine. I don't think that they lost money, but that when it really now makes sense to me what you're saying, it just seemed like the laziest throw a bunch of so like football celebrities in a commercial and like have them eat chips, like watch them eat chips. I don't want to see anybody drinking or eating anything. Sell it to me. Be smarter. Like, don't sell like me the Doritos food and drinks. One. Like, the Doritos. don't sell me food and drinks and have somebody actually eat or drink those things because no Did one wants to see Dor- that. Did you see the Doritos no, commercial? Well, I'm sure it's brilliant. Pretty fabulous. But, and it's the same brand. I just don't know what. Also, does it work, Mark, to throw every single brand into a commercial? That's it's tough to be honest. It's really tough, right? Because. Uh, exactly like you say, that who is that ad for? Right? And which brand does it help you remember? Dentists? Because those people are, if they're eating all that shit and drinking all that shit, they're losing their teeth. It's gastroenterologists. Or like cardiologists. This is Zantac commercial. Exactly. It's secretly it was a, a Tums commercial. commercial. Amazing. Was all about the Tums. All it's right. a great, so, yeah. so that was the that one, one I thought was the mark? worst. And what was yours that was the worst? Repeat the question, please, Shai, sorry. Like, why why, why was that bad? Why did I not like it so and, much? And, and what was your worst also? Let's get to that. Yeah, well, I, I think I think it's for the exact reason you were, you were sort of saying, like, what, what was the point? What was the takeaway? What was the story? Like, it wasn't that easy to follow. It wasn't telling you anything, really. And so, you know, to be honest, the thing that, that really helps people enjoy ads the most, aside from humor, music, whatever, is like, you actually freaking get the point tip. <laughs> or what it's there for, whatever. Do, do you know what I mean? And I think, and I think, you know, often it's easy, you know, when you're doing a Super Bowl ad. And so what happens is, right, a brief comes in, the client's like, yeah, guys, we found the money. We're doing a Super Bowl ad, right? And the goal of this is to top the USA Today ad meter. So then everybody's focus is like, okay, what are things that do amazing in Super Bowl ads? Celebrities, humor, whatever. Do you know what I mean? And, and that, that becomes, and they, they sort of, they sort of lost the plot here about like, could this actually be a cogent, you know, ad where you walk away from it? Sort right. Of. Um, so um, the worst, I don't know, the worst ad for me, and again, you, you know, sorry if this is too insider, was was one for cut water, like ready to drink cocktails. I don't know if you remember seeing it. Um, uh, which one was that? Oh, Who was gonna, in that? I'm gonna, um, you, I'm gonna look it up right now. Yeah, look, look, look it up. They, and what, uh, it had what? What brand is this? Cutwater. With a C. Yeah, C U T W A T E R. Cutwater. Um, and it, it um, it started with the line, "Here's to the lazy ones." Um, and and essentially, oh, yeah. what, essentially, what it was was a. Uh, uh, a ripoff, a homage, if you will, or whatever, to one one of um, one of kind of the, the most legendary Apple ads, which was called "Here's to the Crazy Ones." Right, this is when you know back when Steve Jobs was was turning Apple around. They didn't ha- they didn't even have new computers yet, right? So they put this ad out. Here's to the crazy ones, right? Featuring you know just incredible um, you know achievers. Muhammad right. Ali, just you right. know, just narrated by uh, you know, voiceover done by uh, Richard Dreyfus, 
just this incredible, right? And it launched that that tagline, think different. So it's like a pearl of you know incredible advertising, you know, genius at the time that really did a lot to change the expectations for that brand or whatever. And then so here's this mixed cocktail uh, brand that's like that that A steals the, the, the cadence and and you know all mm -hmm. that stuff from here's to the crazy ones. Um, and they think it's going to be funny and they think it's going to appeal to a, a wide audience to use that reference and, and term it here's to the lazy ones. Right. So, so there's that probably piece. very few people got that reference. Right. And I'm just like, don't fuck with that. Like, come on, you right. know, uh, just a huge rip off. Yeah. yeah. There and, are and certain then, things that are sacred. Right. And then, and then the other thing for me is just as a, I, you know, selling a mixed cocktail is hard. Right, because really, what's the benefit of it? What do you deal with? Saves you time or whatever. But like, then to say, okay, the the real thing that I want you to know that's amazing about this is it's good for you if you're lazy. <laughs> <laughs> it's real. It's really selling to like the lowest common denominator. Right, right but you, uh, everything sells to the lowest common denominator, right. but we make them feel good about it. Right. No, I mean, I, that's what I mean. I mean, it's the, so that when you then show up to a party, people are like, oh, cool. You're super lazy. Yeah. Are you too much of a piece of shit to mix your own drinks? This is for you. <laughs> that's <laughs> what I meant. Like it's the, it's not even. You don't think anybody in that, in the, on that creative team, no one thought to say that. Well, look, I think, I think probably what they did. Well, I think probably the way they sold it was okay. Right, because I'm sure, right. What, What's the truth? What is that kind of, you know, really kind of powerful thing about that product that's interesting or useful or delicious or whatever it is? They probably were having a hard time with it. So they were like, okay, you know what? It's ready to, excuse me, it's ready to drink. So that's, that's what we're going with, ready to drink. Well, you know, what does that mean for people? And then it's like, well, you don't have to do anything. It's already ready. It's lazy. And so I'm sure Amazing. they went and said, you know what? We're going to turn this into hyperbole. And we're going to turn this into hyperbole by spoofing one of the most legendary ads of all times. And we're going to call it here's the lazy ones. Um, and, and I just, you know, uh, I, I, I could see that presentation happening. I could see that. And I, and I think, you know, for me, it was, it was, it was just, I don't know. It's, it's funny that nobody else even noticed it. I was just like, oh. Um, so, all right. So let's, let's talk about the best. All right. So let's talk about the best commercials. Ones that don't violate the soul of an advertising genius. Mark, what were some of the ones you thought were the best? And then tell us why. And then we'll go around the same thing. And then we'll have you tell us if we're right as to why we like certain ads. Should 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 we talk? Should we talk Coinberry or do you want to save that? No, let's talk, let's talk Coinbase. If you think that was one of that was that was my number two or three ad, because I am one of the most uninterested in crypto not cryptocurrency but nfts but i'm not interested in but but crypto is not something i was excited to see promoted at this and i actually think there were two very good crypto commercials but the coinbase one i was impressed a because holy moly a qr code and and how much the qr code has exploded during the last two years as something people use two years ago you couldn't expect people to know what to do with the qr code but then i like ran across my kitchen and they gave me enough time to get my phone open and put it on the qr code and then i was like god damn it coinbase and i immediately yeah. got off the page but as far as an ad i hadn't seen, never seen anything like that so a little bit of context um right that they they bought a 60 second spot 
right? So that's not 7 million, that's 14 million just for the time. It felt long on purpose. So people on purpose. Could... Exactly right. And so it's interesting, like, like I was talking about before, you know, usually you can, what you're wanting to do with a Super Bowl ad is fame or perception or something where, where you're making people feel a certain way about the brand. This was a growth hack, you know, basically in the, in the, in the craziest way possible. And it's sort of interesting as, as I was looking more into it, Accenture Interactive was the agency that did it. So this wasn't like a bunch of like, you know, startup, whatever guys being like cool snowboarders drinking matcha in the mountains. You know what I mean? Or, or yeah, let's just, let's just fuck with the Super Bowl. Like, do you know what I mean? Like there, there, there was clearly, um, you know, professional advice and, and some thought behind it. And I think it's super interesting in terms of what they needed to do. Right. They could go. Can to you ex explain this to people who didn't see the ad? In of case course. there's it's anyone like a who screen didn't see it. Essentially for <laughs> 55 seconds, you had a QR code bouncing around like that old DVD, you know, thing used to bounce. Oh, around. that was the ad. That's what they paid 14 million for. Yeah. And, and it changed and, colors. And it changed Slow. colors. It was a screen a, and, Right. And a, and a QR code bounced around for. With no branding, which I thought was brilliant. Because if I had seen that it was Coinbase, I wasn't going on. If I had seen anything crypto, I wasn't looking at it. Right. Then, um, then at, at the end, they um, they sent you or they they referred you to the website um, and 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 dropped the the Coinbase logo um, and so if you did click on the QR code which I did so that we could talk about it um, it it took you to a special offer from Coinbase when the the site hadn't crashed um, it took wow. you to a special offer from Coinbase where they offered you fifteen dollars of of free Coinbase coin currency Bitcoin. To, to sign up. So when, when you, when you, now when you start to think about cost, right, not only do they spend $14 million on airtime, they've spent nothing on the ad. So that's uh, one thing. Well, but, but then okay. $15 per person to, to sign people up, um, right, right is, a, is, a, is, a, is a major cost. So um, it's just kind of interesting. You have to imagine, right, what, what they could have done was what the other um, crypto brands did was come in and either say, we have a better way of doing this, like FTX did, or don't worry, you know, crypto is the future, or you can trust us or whatever. Instead, they opted, because this is so transactional, because really, it's once you have the app, that's your way of dealing with crypto. It's not like you walk into a store and you're like, which chip should I buy? Um, right? And, and, and you go to a gut feeling that you have about you know, a brand the product. Chip. This is right. like, you have to have it on here. You're dead. Um, they, they just went for it. Right. And they figured, okay, we're going to get 170 million people watching this. Let's, let's, let's go all in on, on converting people and, and getting them to the, getting them to the app. And so, so it was uh, pure call of action, pure call to action. The, call to what, action. I've, what I've been reading this morning is they had 20 million hits um, 20 million people go check out the site so much so that it crashed. And so I don't know how many of those wow. people lined up, but you have to imagine for, for Coinbase, they have some calculation, which is like, normally it costs us X amount of money to acquire. To get, to get a client. Right. right. You know, and, and acquisition costs is a big thing people are talking about now because of the way um, things are changing on Facebook and that kind of stuff. Everything's getting more expensive. Um, to acquire a person. So I'm sure they imagine like, okay, 
if it costs us $100 to acquire somebody normally, what would we what can we do if we put all this money into a Super Bowl ad and and basically try to, you know, supercharge? It's pretty risky. It's pretty it's, it's pretty, pretty wild. Wild. Um, and so, uh, you know, in in the in the ad world anyway, that a lot of people are talking about that at the moment. Well, just that alone, we thought it was is, pretty cool. That's a one shot though. All right, that's not a no one's doing that twice. No, no, no one's doing that twice. Um, but that I think that's what proves a good ad. It's a one shot. It's one time that you do it and it's brilliant and it's blown, you know, blows people away and that's so, it. You can't use it again. That's so the point. I, I would say by comparison, by comparison, there's a couple that not only do I want, did I love watching it, but for how good it was, I want to see the TV show. So one of them was Anna Kendrick in the rocket mortgage <laughs> with the Barbie. That was a masterpiece. Yeah. I watched that and I said, this is the one to beat. <laughs> and then the other one was keeping up with the Joneses. Like I need to now see the buddy comedy with Rashida Jones, Tommy Lee Jones, Leslie Jones, and then Nick Jonas driving up at the end. That is gold. <laughs> what bank are they breaking into to rob? What, you know, what sports team are they going to manage? I don't care. I'm watching that group do anything. And that was Toyota. And so both of those to me were excellent. Bronze, did those resonate with you at all? Uh, yes, totally. And uh, by the way, I think um, that the that the Rocket Mortgage Barbie ad, you know, won the ad meter. I think whatever. it did. It did. Oh, really? I think it. Yeah, I was looking at that. And and so you know you know what's interesting. So yes, um, and and um, the 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 one thing that just kind of uh, that kind of gnawed at me a little bit, you know, Anna, Anna Kendrick was great in it. She's been in Super Bowl. She's she's just good for that kind of you know moment and that kind of like bit of comedy. Um, and, and, you know, like we were talking about before, it was clearly about the product and it really put that in great context for you. In fact, right. Rocket Mortgage and, and about financial accessibility. Like I actually think that it was a very like practical thing about like home ownership and credit. Like I, I like that about it a lot. Yes. And, and I think, you know, that, that what, what we have is now such a negative experience for people that are dealing with trying to be homeowners and, and, you know, that kind of thing, right. that, um, you know, this is a way, I don't know, there was still a twinge of that where it's like, ah, this, you know, this really does suck for people, but I, I think where the, you know, puts a product in a good light, trying to, trying to sort that out. Um, and then, yeah, I, I really agree with you um, on the, on the Jones is like, that's just a fun way of, of dealing with, <laughs> of dealing with trucks. Um, and, and that kind of, you know, you know what I mean? Like, because, <laughs> you know like trucks no 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 but i i think like, it's true right you get you know you, you still get your driving footage and your three-quarter angles and all that kind of stuff and they're in this i was gonna movie. say yeah that's a, that was that's great yeah that's a great point because i'm going back to your original point of if you're not showcasing the product then you're kind of missing the game and i think the casting it makes me that 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 commercial makes me really think of casting can you cast anyone as long as you can pay for it? Because whoever had that idea, I would have been like, well, how you, those are such random Joneses. <laughs> you, how are you going to get them available on the same day? Assuming that well, they were on the same not set. Available on the same day. They, those they, were I guess, yeah. In three different Completely cities, different. Yeah, I guess so. But even still, you need them available in order to make this. And, and then a Jonas brother, who's pretty, of, of all of them right now, I would say is probably the most famous. In terms of popularity, so I, I was impressed with the casting. Well, and and I think to your point, 
right? Or like, and what we were talking about before, and borrowed interest, like this is, this is at, at the core, this is a story about the new Tundra, the new truck, like taking you far places, going off road, going in the mountains, like that, that, that's the action in the spot. And so what, what, what you have though is now kind of this layer, right? That doesn't take away from that. Actually, when you're talking about right. Joneses, like, right, it, it's kind of, you know, this, this layer of fun that, that still, they're still doing what they need to do to show off a brand new pickup truck. Um, do, do you know what I mean? And it's right, good. right, right. So, so, so the one that I kept coming back to, I don't know, Becky, did you say yours? Of the favorite? Yeah, I don't know. I, sh- I don't know. Um, if we should all go around. Yeah, I'll yeah, let you I go already went, so you, you both should go. Okay, I, so thinking, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm no, no, no. I, I'm, I'm split between a few. So Shai already said Rocket Mortgage. So I guess because he already said Rocket Mortgage and that's already been named, I'm going to bring up the. I was surprised at, and it's because I was surprised at how much I liked it. The Lay's, Rudd and Rogan one specifically the last shot when it's clear that it's a, that it's a Jewish a wedding Jewish. that he's yeah. having. Oh, oh, okay, wait a minute. Uh, so here was what turned me off about that. Here was my, that, she, my that he had an interfaith marriage with a zombie or that, that like, Jewish women are was zombies. the literal demonization <laughs> of literal the Jewish, Jewish woman. <laughs> I guess it it's was true. literally like Seth Rogan's wife is a is demon a zo- woman demon zombie? under the chuppah. And, and, and it's so an interfaith as, marriage because I don't think she's Jewish. I, 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 well, if she is, it's Jewish. almost better for me. No, his real wife is Jewish. I'm kidding. No, because I don't want to, I'm not, it's not a comment on interfaith or whatever, but this thing that we've been talking about and that we've been breaking down about like the way Jewish women are portrayed. Exactly. In my mind, I'm like, it's Jewish. So I think it was fine because she's, I don't think she's Jewish. I think it's showing that like Seth Rogen would have a Jewish wedding, even if he's marrying a demon, like that's still important. <laughs> okay. That, but what I, what I, I do. Okay. That part, I think what is I liked positive. about Bronze is like, Bronze is like in the ad world, this is what we hope doesn't happen with her. No, well, I, look, I, I think this is not the takeaway that, we, that have. we have. It's, it's, it's worth noting um, that Evan Goldberg, Seth Rogen's longtime writing partner wrote and directed it. Ah, okay, so, so she okay. is Jewish. Hold on, hold on, hold on. No, what well, I was the zombie is Jewish. So my reaction to it, I can't believe you said that because my reaction to it is I think the reason I liked it is because it felt to me like Paul Rudd and Seth Rogen actually wrote this ad themselves. That it wasn't written by a typical advertiser, but it felt to me that it really You're lived like a in little the world within yeah. the world of their comedy, of their films, and the parts of their that was great of their comedy films that I do like yeah. and enjoy. So you know, it it's it's really funny that that you put it that you put it that way because I was having this reaction that I couldn't place to it, which is like, I don't know, like it feels like it's underwritten or it doesn't have the polish or what, or there's something, you know, ad people didn't, didn't write it. Okay. This, this is what I, that's what I enjoyed about it is that it really, yeah, this brings me to a quick point. Like shy, we can't finish this episode without me asking Mark. Yeah. And we, and then we have to wrap. Right. But this, this, I'm going to say two quick things. This episode had um that sorry that commercial had a trailer which was equally as funny but that brings me to what is your what are your thoughts on that now we have to watch these trailers and then comment on the trailers <laughs> although this particular commercial did have a funny trailer i mean the schwarzenegger thing, that i can't uh, even with that we don't have enough time on this no, podcast but it had a trailer also and it was terrible okay. so it's just the world of the expense of, of these things coupled with you know the pressure to have like 
360 degree campaigns, full funnel marketing, where they're just trying to get more mileage out of the investment that they're that they're doing and, and feel like, you know, whatever, whatever you can get, because it was, you know, years ago, people were when, when it wasn't, you know, the default thing to have a teaser for a Super Bowl ad or whatever. People were getting mileage about it and more conversation about it. And, you know, are people going to tweet about it? Are they going to post it on social? Are they going to be, you know, excited for the moment when, when it airs? And so I think now it's just become like the default. Right. We're just going to take a lot of swings, you know, with, with this investment that that we're making. The the funniest one though, was, I think it was last year or two years ago with the crocodile Dundee three with Chris Hemsworth and Danny McBride. Yeah. So I think oh, I actually thought that was a real though. movie and I was so sad when I realized it wasn't. <laughs> I, I think there should be a rule now. If a commercial gets a high enough vote from the fans, they're they have forced to make-, to make at least a streaming special. <laughs> agreed, vote. agreed. And I just want to, I can't, I just want to mention the Zendaya one. Um, I think it's Zendaya. Zendaya, it was, is it? So I'm really bad at pronouncing I, people's I names. I'm just going to officially right say that on this podcast. I knew it was Squarespace right away because I feel like I'd seen the fake website at the beginning of that again, and I immediately zoned out, and I didn't like that, the, the, the commercial. I thought it was very cute because it really explained the product, too. Like, I thought it was adore. I mean, Andre 3000 being in it at the end didn't make sense to me. I think that's who's in it at the end. I didn't. Maybe I'm like, oh, I guess we have Zendaya, who's amazing and obviously so now. And then we have Andre 3000 for me, the old person <laughs> who's like, oh, is that who that is? Um, but again, I thought the production was really pretty. I love that they had her in it because she's so, you know, everybody's talking about her. And then it really explained the benefit of having a good website. <laughs> So, yeah, what company do you use to make your website? I use WordPress because I didn't choose. That was somebody else that chose. No, but you're it. not changing to Squarespace, no. But I might. I loved. The, I thought it was so pretty. I okay, I well, could. That's that's a hey. That's some good USA Today ratings right there. Okay, we have to wrap. Let's get a quick recommendation, Mark, from you. What what, what should people be watching? Um, I had to prepare for this because I don't really watch it. <laughs> so uh, so I recently watched two things that that were amazing. One is. Uh, the rescue. A, it was a documentary um, about. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. It's out of the out of the cave in Thailand. Oh, yes, and it was yes. absolutely just. I just keep thinking about it, floored by it. So it was made by the same couple, the same um, directors as um, Free Solo people, Free right? Solo. Yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's um. And it's absolutely. There's two amazing. Jimmy Chin and and of course I can't remember his wife's name, but Jimmy Chin and his. And wife. wife, yeah, it's lovely. <laughs> which is horrible. She's obviously who is, who is so talented. I, I can look it as up. strong a part of that team as he is. Um, and it was it was just amazing. A because they have footage, like these guys were in GoPros. Like they have they have footage, like incredible footage. Um, and and then the other thing is, there's just they they just the arc of it is masterful. Where that there was literally only a few people in the world that could rescue these boys. And they are all like loser, loner, middle-aged cave divers that have the weirdest hobby in the entire world. And they choose this hobby because they don't like being around people and they like being on their own under the water in these caves. Um, Yet, right, these guys, these just regular guys are thrust into a position of being literally the only people in the world. um, That's the true story of Armageddon too. Of Armageddon? (laughs) 
Yeah, like the when movie. they send the gas guy, like when they send Steve, Bruce Willis like and Michael Clark Duncan and, and, and Steve Buscemi into space. Her, by the way, the other director thing. is um, Elizabeth Chai, and okay. we just said well, I'm terrible at rem- 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 pronouncing names. Elizabeth Chai, Vassar Heli. Hell yeah. <laughs> That's her. I, I, I'm terrible at pronouncing last names, but and, and, she's and the Mark, other amazing director. What's the other one? Uh, um, the other one was Station Eleven. Uh, which was on yeah, everyone's a, talking a about that yeah like, the, the topic seems person. like it's not something i want to see but everybody's but talking everyone's about it talking about station and i do love what's her name I, re- I resisted it because like ah oh, really a pandemic friggin right show. exactly um, and then and then i was and then i was isolating with ellis because he had he had uh he had covid um and and i so i i just started watching it and it it's just uh the way they do the story the way they they um they that's put, on hbo yeah just brilliant. I love. I love. I love Mackenzie Davis, and Hamish cool. Patel is really good too. So, those are great recommendations. Thank you. Enjoy. All, all right, um, Mark. Where can people follow you? Uh great. Uh, you could uh, maybe Twitter. Um, you can get me at, at Mark Aronson. M a r k a r o n s o n. And in I the like commercial that you're not, world, I like. I like that you're not committing to this. Maybe on Twitter. <laughs> Just like, like William Ben. You're not going to get anything. That's like me. That's like me and Becky, but. But I feel like also just watch some advertisements. You never know. You might be following Mark at that exact moment. And Lily, where can people follow you? Chichi K. Gomez on Twitter. C-H-I-C-H-I-K Gomez. Beck? At Paper BK Princess, maybe on Twitter. And you can follow me at Pancake for Table. All the Friday Night Movie shenanigans at Fry Night Movie. Becky and I will be at Farpoint. Uh, the convention in Hunt Valley, Maryland on February 26th. We're going to tape an episode of the show. We're also going to do podcasting for kids. So come check it out. It's going to be awesome. And uh, the theme music is by What Does It Eat? Thank you again to our amazing guest back for his Thank you. least annual performance. Uh, titan of the ad industry, Mark Aronson. Thanks for being here, man. Thanks. Great to see you guys. Awesome. Bye.